they don't necessarily reflect the thoughts of the champ, but they they might. I mean, not necessarily, right? I, I don't believe so. I believe at all. No. Nope. There's nobody there that might be thinking the same thing we are. Well, they might be, but they're never going to admit it. <laughs> arms length. You remember back when it's uh, called it's um, called an arms length agreement. We were on ninety-eight point three back in the day, right? Which is still cumulus, right? Still that group and. Tim Fisher was our producer. I think he was program director there at the time. I can't remember exactly. 98.3? Yeah. With Catfish? No, that that's the country station, but the Catfish is who we dealt with at the time. All right. Which was interesting. Uh, um, may he, yeah, rest, oh. rest in peace. R.I.P. Did not yeah. know that. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, but anyway, um, I, I remember Tim Fisher, Tim Fisher was, he was a bit of a contrarian to everything we said, but he was actually, he always had a, point to his counterpoint you know i just remember that was that about him he i i think he wanted to be doing the show he was not a hawkeye fan at all. right it seemed like he was illinois i could be i think he follows us so he may he may comment in here in just a little bit anyway so uh big news uh in, in case in you don't know that's brett ridge i'm dave creighton oh Jr. Yeah. yeah we're both on uh diet january we're on diet, diet January and uh, dry January over here. So, well, I'll, I'll we'll go see. dry next week. Yeah, we'll see how that how that one plays out. Looks like I picked the wrong week to start. <laughs> anyway, um, I quit sniffing glue a yeah. long time ago. Uh, so, within the last forty-five minutes, uh, Iowa basketball put out a statement uh, about an hour about, ago. About an hour ago, um, about Patrick McCaffrey. Patrick McCaffrey is taking an, an indefinite break from his Iowa basketball um, activities because Patrick McCaffrey is apparently dealing with some, some anxiety issues um, and needs to get his head right. And I, th- I think uh, you said it, Andrew uh, Ridge sat in, in, here two inter- weeks ago. Intern Andrew uh, mentioned to me, Patrick doesn't look right, doesn't look like he's getting any sleep. He, he looked. And being the closest yeah. thing to a college kid that we have around us, he knows well, what that we, looks we like. Took, we took his word for that. Yeah. Well, and so um, it's it could be two games. It could be the rest of the year. We'll see how long it is. And that, when I say that, um, that's not joking. That's that's the you know the honest truth. Some of us uh, who have dealt with anxiety issues, which I'm I'm not embarrassed to say that I have. There's there's medication that works really well. However, I'm also not on cancer uh, medications or anything that might be um, trying to keep my uh didn't he have a thyroid issue wasn't that what he had when he was younger 12 patrick you know? has not had perfect health no and yeah. so the, you, you never know what may work for him and you never know what may work for anybody just great uh, i so at this point in time listen uh get, get it right man i right. hope he does, i hope he does right you know, uh, it's gonna be tough now you're you brought up the salient point who's well, gonna play well you know <laughs> much like the injury to Damar Hamlin last night, where all of a sudden the game became a little less relevant. Um, and clearly, that was the scariest thing I have seen on live television in a long time. The only thing I even compared that to when you went from sports to news was the San Francisco earthquake during the World Series where Al Michaels, yeah, who yeah, actually yeah. had lived in San Francisco, so he knew every landmark out there, became the news director and was able to articulate what was going on from what he was able to see. And, you know, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are sitting there, the biggest, most hyped game of the season, and all of a sudden they don't know what to talk about, and they send it back to Susie and Booger and Adam Schefter, and 
you know, keep this in mind. Adam Schefter's never had an original thought. All he does is find out what other people think and then tell you about it. But Booker was right on. And my point, in, my only point in bringing that up in this context is we care about Iowa basketball. It's important to us. It's important to Iowa fans. But Patrick, you got to remember where he's been, where he comes from. And, oh, by the way, he is the coach's kid. And if, if we really look back at the year that he got sick, which was the year that Iowa had the very, very first Fran Fade in February, went to Dayton, played Tennessee, and got beat in that game in the NCAA tournament. Fran was not a part of, like, the last five games of right. the year. Right, Because he was tending to his son. Right. And so, you know, I there's no chance on earth that this decision was made without tremendous thought, uh, concern for the basketball team, yeah. concern for Patrick, and all of those sorts of sorts of things. And, you know, Tom's told us many times Patrick McCaffrey's one of the nicest kids he's ever who's ever been at Iowa. And so certainly take his word for that. We've never – I've never had the pleasure. I don't think – have you? No, we, we don't get down there yeah, like we, we do don't with for the football, ba- yeah. right? You know, it's so, different. So him being out, like you say, get your head right, figure it out. I – Maybe it is a medication combination thing that that needs to be balanced yeah. in some fact. Maybe he just needs to sleep for five days and not practice. Um, and, and here's the other thing. How much pressure do you think that this basketball team is putting on itself all of a sudden yeah. having lost four yeah. games in a row? So I would think I, I would think there's a great deal there. Um, and clearly, so after losing 66 three. to 50, three? Uh, three, in row, three in a row, four in a row. Four in a row with Wisconsin, that's right. Uh, the 66-50 loss in Nebraska where they – No, it's three in a row. Four of five because we beat SEMO. Okay. Uh, and then 83-79 in, in a comeback effort at Penn State, which actually uh, gave us a little bit of hope of what was going on. But if you start studying, um, there's not a lot of, of Patrick McCaffrey stats running through there um, in terms of the things that we think he can do better than he's been doing. He's been taking a lot of outside shots, not a whole lot of driving. Uh, when he does, it's kind of a throw up, and, and you know, and how much pressure has he been putting on himself, and how much are they all putting on themselves when they're they fall into eight and six, zero oh and three, um, and it, clearly on Thursday night because I had the chance, obviously, to go over and right. and sit up in the cheap seats. And trust me, it's uh, much like Wells Fargo Arena down down here when you're sitting in the cheap seats up there in uh, at Nebraska. It's a big facility. Um, but when I was sitting up there, the one thing that became apparent, as I know I was complaining on Twitter the whole time, but here's the deal. Shooting is it's easy to complain when you just see the shooting percentage. You've got it up on the screen. Right. And it's ticking down, right? And it, with seven minutes to go in the first half, you're shooting 13.8%. You have eight points. It reminded me of New Year's Eve. Was there any chance it could ever get to zero? It could possibly <laughs> have gotten to zero. But um, but that having been said, so that's what started to frustrate me. And then I started looking at watching what Nebraska was doing. And I realized, uh, after actually having some words with a fan in, in, uh, in the concession line, that they actually were playing pretty good defense on Iowa. And then I read that there's one of the guys that's been on Hawkeye Report. Um, I can't remember which handle he goes by, but he always does things. He puts his little notes out there. He's a coach of some sort, football and basketball. And he noted the the actual things that you do to take away each thing that each of the individual Iowa basketball players do. And Nebraska did all of them. 
you, you know, Philip Robracha gets the ball down low. You immediately double, double him, double him, and you and don't let him go to his left hand spin move. Right. Right. Um, same thing with Keegan. You don't let him put the ball on the floor with his left hand. If he wants to go right, that's fine because he's going to try to spin around then some in some funky way. They're taking, they're sagging off of Bowen and Ulysses. Uh, because those guys are not good. They have shooters. not proven that no. he can make shots. No. And then they're just they're just taking Tony Perkins completely out of his game by sagging off as well. Now he can drop shots. The problem is he wants to go to the hole and and make some of those tough shots. So all those things Nebraska was doing them, and for that matter, Penn State did it a little bit the other day in the first half. In the first half. Um, so those things are playing into why they're having trouble. And then you add in. The, the very distinct possibility that Patrick McCaffrey just hasn't been himself mentally. And I'll tell you this. If his anxiety is like what mine was before I got it treated, there was I, I can tell you a day. I, yeah, we'll go back at some point. I'll point out to you the day where you looked at me and you went, are you okay? <laughs> we were over at your house. It was a Sunday afternoon. And it was one of, and, and I just my brain was just everywhere, right, uh, about all kinds of other stuff. And I couldn't concentrate on what we were doing, right? So how in the heck can you play basketball if that's what – Right. Is going, is well, happening, right? and, you know, fortunately, he's, he doesn't have to deal with school right now. So if you are going to take a break. Yeah. yeah I mean, get, you, get yourself a couple of weeks of, of you rest. You got, what, two weeks before, or at least, yeah, two weeks probably pretty much till school starts. And if, and, and, and if you ain't sleeping, if you aren't sleeping because of this, yes. that will be a number one thing that they'll get him something to help him get some shut eye. Right. That helps. Okay, it doesn't take away the anxiety, but it certainly gets your head a little bit more right so you can deal with what's going on. Right, right. So, yeah, right. so that's obviously – it's unfortunate. And then begging the question, who's going to play? So Peyton Sanford, who is 0-4 the Big Ten season. I yeah, think. he plays fine against uh, the, the, Missouri, uh, the Ohio, Ohio Valley. Valley Conference, but he's not particularly good in the Big Ten. That hasn't been. And so Peyton Sanford's going to get some more time. You would assume Patrick Dix is going to get some more time. Although he rolled an ankle the other day. Right, uh, and had to go get retaped or whatever it was. So so now you're sitting there, and we're, we're looking and going to ourselves. Self, I mean, Josh Agundelay, we're going to go with Ulysses-Bowen combo, uh, Connor and right. well, so Philip. The, for, and let's, let's first of all give, key, uh, 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 give uh, Chris Murray um, credit for his career high at Penn State and bringing him back the other day. He did a terrific job. But I, 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 do, I, I do think um, when you start looking at the role players here, who's going to fill that void, I don't know if you doubt that, but I can't figure out why they – what is it about Josh that Fran – why did you even give him a scholarship to come back? Remember, he quit. He went in the portal. Well, so had, why did you invite him back? If you, well, if you weren't going to play him. Well, yeah, this, this just in. I don't think I don't think he's been playing poorly. I, is he a great defensive player? No, but is he a good offensive player? I think he makes he, he may, he's been making some buckets. He's got you know, but they won't play him. I don't, play, I don't think he got a single minute in either in this week at all. I don't did think he? he. I don't think he did it either. And no. certainly Ryan Mulvey. Uh, Riley Mulvey is not going to is not a uh, Big Ten basketball player. No, he's just not going to be. I mean, there's no way to. I, I guess he could go on our drinking diet and maybe he could put on fifty or sixty pounds. Uh, it's not even about weight with him. It's about foot speed. And he just, he's, he's clumsy. And it's too bad. Now, maybe they come into him. Listen, I played basketball at the Iowa Fieldhouse against A.C. Earl when he was a freshman. Well, he had size 22 feet. Not then he didn't. He was skinny, skinnier, believe it or not, a little shorter. And he actually grew like five inches in, uh, between his freshman and sophomore year. Wow. And, and his shoulders got big, and suddenly he was a seven-footer. Let me just tell you, they, we played against them. We just pick up ball. 
and he was nothing. I mean, nothing. And then he went out and was an all, you know, all right, big player and played play in the NBA. It can happen. I just don't know that that's what's. I mean, Matt Bullard was never a large person, but the dude could shoot. Always, it, they always had that to fall back on. Hawks have number fifteen, Indiana Thursday at, at home, eight on FS1. At least at home. Yeah, and then they go to Rutgers, who uh, just beat, beat Purdue just last beat night. Just beat Purdue yeah. on the road last night. Yeah. So you got to go to the rack and play them Sunday morning at eleven. Eleven a.m. or uh, ten out. The east, worst. Um, so it, it's it's tough. The the shooting was bad at Nebraska. They've got to figure that out. When once they got the stroke going on. Sunday in the second half, just knocking down a few, just a few shots. But Things you know, got so much better. You know, uh, I've known Sean Morris since we were 13 years old. Played uh, Salvation Army basketball against him. He was a Southeast Polk kid. Yeah. And uh, his teams were always very good, obviously. And he went to Northwestern, but he, so he's obviously very familiar with Iowa. He made a great point yesterday, and he said, Murray's just kind of become more selfish here. He has to recognize that he is the guy. And be the, and Keegan used to do this last year. He yeah. would defer. And finally, Fran or somebody would go, dude, just take the ball. Yeah. And, and, and if you miss a three, keep shooting. I mean, if, that's, if you're afraid to drive, fine. I don't think he is. I think he just needs to get in rhythm on his drive. Well, he, the bigger question he's is. He's got a great tap in. He's yes. great at tapping the ball up and in, But right? here, here's the bigger question. If no one else can shoot, where are you going to drive? Because, okay, so you beat your guy. Yeah. There, I mean, you're going into a spider web yeah. of defenders because they're not reaching yeah. back yeah. And, and sticking out on anyone on the perimeter because no one on Iowa's perimeter. What was it? Was it against uh, uh Murray and Rabracha had like 70 points, and the rest of the team was three for 30. Was that Nebraska? Uh, I think it was. I think they were three for 33, the rest that of the would, team. That would fit. It, it, they're shooting, the, uh, going into that the, just, the go, That's not good. No. The last <laughs> four, the four and a half games leading into the second half the other day, they were shooting somewhere around 22% from the three-point line. You're right. Right. And, by the way, clearly what you just said was what was on the mind of Tony Perkins. When he drove at the very end of the game, he was going to turn around and let Keegan shoot a three instead of going to the hole, which Fran said was what I really wanted him to do. Right, because really, he's going to get fouled. He's going to get fouled, right? But he turned around and, and made a uh, – uh, he, he, he turned around, held the ball out. Good play by the Penn State player. Okay. Not a lazy pass, nothing but a good play, but you still – But Tony to Perkins – shouldn't be playing point guard. He's got bad handles, and he turns the ball over because he drives into the middle of the lane all of the time, yeah. and then he stops. Well, he stopped. The other day, left. you know what he did? He finally drove the middle of the lane and kept going, and then what happened? Don't He got stop. a layup. Don't then, stop. Go about two plays hole. later, yep. he got another layup, and it's like, yep. hey, look, the lane continues all the way down to the baseline. You know, and if you yeah. go all the way down there, you get closer to the yeah, basket. Yeah, he has gotten into this thing where he stops just and somebody gets in the way. It's about 10, 12 yeah. feet, and then yeah. you turn around, and you head fake, and you're doing this, you're doing that. It's like, come on, If man. I see him or Connor do another post-up turnaround fadeaway shot in the lane, it's like, what are those, you know? But anyway. Well, that's their go-to move. It, and it, so, so now we have three scores, two point guards. Partridge in a pear tree. We, it, we have no power forward. Uh, King, it's, it, it may well be uh, Kingsbury. Well, Dix, and Kingsbury. Um, somebody's got to be able to knock down. Listen, I don't care. You, you need a body. Well, yeah. John the Glitter. <laughs> Our friend Troy Skinner. Well, 
I mean, seriously, at, at some point in time, I mean, what was it that kept Brody Boyd and Troy Skinner on these basketball teams back in the Cause day? Because they could shoot. Because they could shoot, right? And they still can shoot, right? But the, the point being, how can you get these high school guys who knock down every shot they take in high school and well, they can't no, make that three? Appar- apparently in high school, there is no one to defend these guys that puts any pressure on them when they go up to shoot. That might be got it. All right. We have done no football. Hawks won the uh, Music City Bowl. We'll get into that with Tom Caker from HawkeyeReport.com when we come back on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ, 101.3 FM. And we're back here at G-Mix. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you as we are each week, 6 to 7 o'clock here on 1700 The Champ. And we're also around the world at TheHawkeyeHuddle.com. You get a podcast tomorrow, TheHawkeyeHuddle.com. That's TheHawkeyeHuddle.com. Powered by our good friends at Gatehouse Pictures. Very similar to the Ohio State University. It's very similar to that because we wanted to be the Hawkeye Huddle, which is why the knockoff show that's on WMTV after after the uh, football games now, they don't use the word the because I got the intellectual property that says you can't do that. That's the way it is. Uh, speaking of, you know what, this kind of plays into the fact that uh, our good friend Tom Kakert from HawkeyeReport.com is on the line with us now and and they have had a bit of a change. Uh, and uh, now you're going to, it's important that you remember it is HawkeyeReport.com and don't let your computer take you to their former platform and network because they are now on the On3 network, uh, but still at HawkeyeReport.com. Good afternoon, Tom. And uh, I, maybe we'll lead off with that. Um, uh, some new territory for you guys after what, 18, 19 years? 20, 20 years with... Uh with our friends at Rivals, and I, I thank them for putting up with me for 20 years. But we had a great opportunity. Um, January 1, we moved over to On3 uh, Sports, which is um, uh, owned by my boss who hired me when in 2003 when I started at Rivals. And, uh, you know, really thankful uh, for him and uh opportunities uh, i think some people may have noticed that uh last year or so uh a lot of uh rival sites who are big 10 sites have moved on three and i think we're the last one to finally make the make the move over but our contract was up and uh we decided to jump over and uh just thrilled and thrilled with the response and um you know just let your listeners know that um uh Right now, they've got a great special that if you sign up and become a subscriber, um, you can get it for one dollar, just one measly dollar. What can you get for a dollar these days, guys? Not much, and uh, that will get you the first uh, eight months up until uh, start of college football season. Um, so, and then if you can't earn your business, uh, um, walk away. But <laughs> hopefully, we can uh, get you to earn our business. And we can uh, earn your business and, and keep you with us beyond uh, that uh, September 1st date. Well, a couple of neat things. That, uh, so there's some neat features you've got, right? There's some stuff on the transfer yeah. portal that you can follow all the guys in the portal and who they're looking at or where they've gone already. There's something that I don't quite understand, which is how much these guys are worth NIL-wise uh, and wh- how that works. But that's really neat to look at. And then on top of that, I think you've um, you guys have built a nice relationship with uh, Texoc, uh, who is uh, in charge of the the uh, Swarm Collective. 
Uh, he's been feeding you a lot of information, I think, uh, this last couple of weeks, more so than, than the other sites. And um, on top of that, you've uh, renamed your, your premium board. The, the Swarm. S- the Swarm, and I like that, too. That's a lot of fun. So cool new stuff, a little different look. Um, and when we, when we have a little more time to figure out how exactly you do that NIL thing, maybe we'll talk about that on the air. But it's good it's stuff, a, it's and it's a, um, yeah. It's an algorithm that um, that on three developed. Also, they have kind of a a prediction machine kind of thing for recruits based on the behaviors of the recruits, how many visits they take to a place, how close they are to uh, that school, uh, the schools that they're visiting, and based on all those things, they've created an algorithm that kind of gives you a a good feel of um, you know where a kid might be ended up going as a recruit. Well, it's, uh, we have not done. We spent the entire first 20 minutes talking about Iowa basketball because of the news of, of Patrick McCaffrey and, and his break that he's going to take, Tom. So let's move to football with you. Um, okay. The Trans Perfect Music City Bowl, Iowa wins it 21 to nothing. Um, was never a ball game. That defense played lights out as they had all year. This was their 10th game. Um, or te- ninth game, their ninth game with ten or fewer points on the year. The the least, <laughs> the, the the most in that category since 1903. And you know, I I, I just got to remember 1903. The average scoring was 12. Yeah. <laughs> I I just I you know I I know that it's hard to to watch when a team doesn't offensively move the football, but at some point in time, you just have to sit back and watch this defense for what it is and how good it is. And how they would just mess with people's heads, you know. And I, that's where I thought they had Kentucky. Middle of that first half, Kentucky had no idea what they could do to move the football. Yeah, and really, this Kentucky game was kind of the microcosm of the Iowa season, right? Yep. The, the defense outscores the offense. Uh, it's the story of the defense. The offense is just enough, even though they're, you know, over 11 on third down. <laughs> Can barely run the ball, barely got 200 yards in total offense. I know, um, but the high-octane yeah. offense had a two-play 47-yard drive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, the only offense really came from the two tight ends making plays. Um, it's just sort of the microcosm of, of the season um, where the Hawkeyes were just capitalizing on mistakes. It was sort of like the Rutgers game earlier this year, guys, right? Yeah, very yeah. similar. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and two, two, and uh, great punning. Let's not forget great punning. Eight punts, and four of them down inside from, the 10. Tory Taylor, and good news that Tory's going to be back for another year. Um, I think that's real positive news. So, um, yeah, just uh, I thought it was, you know, a nice win. And um, you always want to go into – uh, the, the 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 off season on a high note with a win and and this allows Iowa to do that. Well, aside from um, Jack Campbell getting eight solos and and uh, a couple of uh, helpouts there, he got ten. Uh, it seems our friend here Xavier Wampa from uh, Southeast Polk uh, ended up not only with the pick six, but he had eight tackles as well and a couple of breakups. Really impressed with um, him stepping into that spot after, you know, some limited playing time, even though we knew he was going to be good. But, boy, he sure looked the part of a, of, a, of a Big Ten defensive back out there. 
uh, a, a, a safety, whatever you want to, wherever you want to put him. He looked at part, not just running the football down uh, after that pick six. He looked really, really good. Yeah, he did. Um, and Phil Parker gave him a lot of praise going into the game, just saying how he was uh, he was really growing during the bowl prep and, and making a lot of positive strides. I should mention, too, Phil also brought up uh, Cohen Entringer, who had been kind of dinged up. I think he probably had like a little soft tissue thing, uh, you know, early in bowl prep. So uh, otherwise, he probably would have seen some time at, uh, at the uh, – uh, safety position with with Xavier Wampa, and they're really high on Cone Intringer too. So uh, those guys, interesting pair, I think moving forward. Um, you know, although uh, Quinchelt will still be out there for sure, but just to um, you know, between the, the the safeties and throughout Sebastian Castro too, who looked terrific at good uh, lord, yeah, yeah absolutely, cash position. I mean, they've got some. That's some talent back there with those, you know, the, the, with Schulte, Wampa, Intringer, and Castro. That's that's a really strong foursome. Yeah, that back five is going to be uh, really, really solid. Well, I mean, you've got to replace Cooper. Right, right. The MVP of the game. Right. <laughs> but uh, they do lose uh, Lucas Van Ness. He announced today he's going to the NFL. Can't really blame him on that, although it is funny. He, he never, never started. started the game. <laughs> never started a um, game. Yeah, but uh, you know, did he even play in the first quarter last week? The the uh, the th- the thoughts that we're hearing, the things we're hearing that we may have a couple of guys coming back, opting back in for another year, they're going to still have an embarrassment of riches, I think, on the defensive line. Now, if none of those guys come back, they're going to have good defensive line. But those that could yeah. really change things. I I think um, pretty sure Joe Evans is coming back. I don't know about Noah Shannon yet, but I'm pretty sure Joe Evans is coming. I. I know Benson's probably leaning no, but you never know. Um, but, you know, last last I heard, he was kind of leaning out the door instead of in the door. So, but we'll see. Um, but I, I, I do, I'm pretty confident that Joe Evans is going to come back. So that kind of cushions the blow of losing Lucas Van Ness. And you've still, you know, you're still going to have Deontay Craig. You're still going to have, uh, you know, a, a lot of guys up to, uh, you know, Ethan wow. Herkett, who I'm super high on. Max Llewellyn, who I know. Graves. 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 Really <laughs> we, we <laughs> Did not get to see Go enough ahead. of Aaron Graves this year. You know what I mean? <laughs> Every time yeah, he was in there. It, isn't and then yeah. the defensive tackle position. I mean, you know, Aaron Graves. Uh, you got Antonio Thompson coming in from the JUCO ranks. You've got uh, Wyatt Black. you got Logan Lee coming back. I mean, that's some prime players, boys. That's some good players up front. It really is. So they did get the commitment from the transfer, uh, Seth Anderson, out of uh, out of uh, Chattanooga. Yep. I did not realize he was Flipper Anderson's kid. Yes. Flipper Anderson's uh, son, yeah. That, see, that adds a little cachet, I think, to Seth Anderson. Uh, it's sort what of like it? getting Chad Johnson's kid or, or – Oh, Charleston Southern, sorry. Or sorry. Dion's kid, even yeah. though – Dion's obviously going to keep his kid, but I mean, going to going to Colorado, <laughs> right, right, right. But you know, the idea though that you've got uh, ex-professional football player coming in, his son at his position, I think that I think that helps. Uh, it certainly hasn't hurt Marvin Harrison Jr. 
Well, and he was a big. He was he was their conference player of the year as a freshman. So he's he's clearly got some talent. I think that's going to work really well in his favor. And uh, certainly, uh, I, can't, Kate McNamara can't be upset about that. No and lack Gall, of opportunity at no, wide receiver. No, uh, it it really comes down to Tom. They they've got to sure things up in the in the portal on the offensive line. I think that's really where they got to they got to go. Sounds like the and, Rouse kid from Stanford is possible. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I'll jump in. They're probably going to get a visit from uh, Walter Rouse, who is a yeah. really good tackle from Stanford. Um, and, uh, you know, I think I was in decent shape with him. So if they can pick him off uh, and get him in at tackle, that starts to solve a little bit, a little bit of problems. And, solves um, a lot of problems. Well, I, yeah. we, need, we yeah. need him, but we need I a couple think, more, I think. <laughs> well, I think – I think if they could shore up right tackle, I think they're going to be okay. I really do. Yeah, I would. Um, I would agree I, with I, you. I mean, Colby plays guard. You you got a center that's now has a year under his belt. He's going to be he's going to be better. I got Richmond yeah, over there at left tackle. I'd have to sit and just watch where the where the flow of the play was. I mean, they're constantly getting blown. I mean, it's always that. So spot. I have a question, Tom. Yeah. And, and one of your guys sure. put this on the new board <laughs> uh, that I was going to consider trying to get away complete not completely uh from the majority of the zone blocking because of the cut the cut block rules cut block yeah yeah oh do, yeah do they're going to the... have to because they're going to change the rules again and and basically they're going they're outlawing cut blocks is essentially what's happening so yeah and and if you outlock cut blocks your backside guys on his own play they can't block it, anybody it doesn't work right so you're going to have to go to that Minnesota, that Minnesota man-on-man, uh, or excuse me, Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin more so. Uh, Minnesota blocks yeah. that way too. Yep. But yeah, more than Wisconsin. Man-man. Right. And you, at least old Wisconsin did. I, I think it – so I, I think that's an easier thing for people to learn. I think it doesn't work as well as when the zone's working, right? When right. the zone's working, it's great. But it is an easier thing for kids to learn to do, to do that. So well, you might it, progress more quickly. And if your offensive line has as many injuries as Iowa's – injuries and turnover as Iowa's has had, having to rebuild that on an annual basis and get that timing and all that synchronicity is very difficult. All right. Well, so, Tom, before we get to – we let you go. Um, Iowa has number 18, Indiana, coming in this week. Uh it, it, under tough circumstances with no Pat McCaffrey uh, on the heels of three straight losses, four out of five, some really ugly games. But a little light at the end of the tunnel because of the way they played in the second half on Sunday. What do you think uh, we might see on Thursday night out of the Hawks in Indiana? I would imagine they're going to probably start Connor in place of Patrick. Um, You know, I wouldn't rule out maybe Peyton Sanford, but I was just got to shoot the ball better, right? That's just the biggest thing. And, 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 you know, it explains why Patrick had been struggling mightily with his shot, that he was dealing with some anxiety issues. And, um, you know, and I, I they've just got to see some. And, and I, I was kind of enthused by what I saw in the second half because I thought they played better basketball and they, and they started to see the ball go through the hoop a little bit, and that's going to give them some confidence because the Nebraska game, they just couldn't make anything, and first half of the Penn State game was the same way. So I think 
they're going to give Indiana a really good game and maybe knock them off on Thursday night. All right. Hey, thanks, Tom. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 Champ. And we're back to wrap things up here at G-Migs. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you. <laughs> that was loud. Is that loud? Somebody turned me up a little bit, I think. Yeah. It's all right. It's our intern. You can turn. <laughs> I know. He's playing with the, with the dials. He's on the ones and twos. Um, the Blue Ribbon Bacon Festival will be celebrating its 15th anniversary. I... Okay, sponsorship time. We could do, give Blue Ribbon Bacon Fest another plug. Oh, Bacon. Uh, oh, Bacon. I uh, appreciate them uh, coming May 12th? on board this year. May 12th. Uh, we, have to figure 12th out, we, we have to figure out. 13th. Yeah, we have to figure out how to uh, do the giveaway. We, have got to talk, we haven't talked about that. Right. Well, maybe, we, we've been on vacation. There could be, like, food involved with that. I don't know. We'll figure it okay. got to figure something out. pretty cool. So they're coming up in May, and they've moved. You know, they were February for quite a while, and, and they've moved it to May to try to get people outside and have a little different uh, venue. So primarily it's at the that, state fairgrounds. Yeah. We know all about that, don't we, fellas? The state fairgrounds. Yes. Ridge, Ridge is going to put the RV out I'm there. I'm bringing the RV week. again. <laughs> um, uh, also, our friends at uh, AMPM Plumbing. They do plumbing. Um, always good Clogs, to make sure. installs, yeah, whatever you whatever, need. Whatever you need. Toilets, um, faucet, cyclone, friends of the Hawkeye Huddle. Angie Lancaster, not sitting here tonight. Angie and Brian are currently in San Francisco uh, celebrating Brian's 50th birthday. Brian Hout, Key Mortgage, right? There you go. Both of them? Okay. Well, I hope they're enjoying themselves in San Francisco. I think they're we going to the uh, St. Mary's game. Uh, oh, that would make some sense, wouldn't it? Tonight or tomorrow? Yeah, that would make some sense. Or maybe they went the other day. I don't know. We forget anybody? Oh, it's our Fifth Street Five, brought to you by Wealth Asset Management. Um, yes, G Mix. New York Strip with the DeBurgo sauce. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Enthusiastic thumbs up tonight. Yeah, two enthusiastic thumbs up. Let's uh, <laughs> real quickly get into uh, wrestling. Uh, the Soldier Salute last week was uh, a two-day deal with a, a lot of different teams represented. Iowa crowned eight champions in the thing. Um, they have Illinois on Friday at 7 p.m., and then they are at Purdue on Sunday. That's on the Big Ten Network at 1 p.m. Uh, the fun one in that one was Spencer Lee versus Drake Ayala. Because here's there was what, nothing fun about it. Well, we've been we're talking about where, don't we have somebody else at 125? Well, yeah, it's Drake Ayala. He's just redshirting and wrestling unattached, so he gets in there and Lee put him down in a 124. Is that about what he what he did? Spencer Lee wanted Drake Ayala to do a walkthrough and forfeit. And Drake said, I'm not doing that. And Brands couldn't convince Drake to do it. And so Spencer went out there and did what he did. And then he turned around and looked at the coaches and goes, this is what you wanted. That's exactly what he said. Mm -hmm. And then Drake's mom got on the Twitter machine (laughs) and said, I'm glad my son doesn't act like that. And my son's part of the wrestling room. And Spencer doesn't. Well, we've all known. Those of us who have inside sources to the wrestling program, me, um, that Spencer Lee hasn't been in that Iowa wrestling room for three years. Right. He, and he just w- rehabbing and he, when he yeah. shows up, he shows up and he does what he does. And somehow he's there are rules and then there's Spencer's rules. And I'm not saying I agree with it because I certainly wouldn't allow that. But I also don't have a potential four time national champ, Olympic champion and potential world champion on my wrestling team. So. I don't know how to handle that. And I just think Drake's mom was frustrated, and then Drake got pinned, and that's un, unlike him, obviously. 
I mean, Kim's a four-time state champion at Fort Dodge. Guy's a great wrestler. Uh, you just, just you just he's just you know Tony Cassiope's a great wrestler too. When he wrestles Gable Stevenson, he gets pinned. Yes, it happens. Speaking of that, Cassiope had four pins in his four matches to win there. Uh, that was uh, that was pretty nice for him. I th- let's see real quickly. Um, Colin Shriver at one thirty-three. Real Woods, Murin one. Real Woods Can- looked great. Pat Kennedy, Assad. Uh, Warner and of course Cassiope, those were all champions. And now, like we say, we head into the Big Ten. There was like 18 teams there, plus unattached. So yeah, I mean, it was a pretty good representation of teams. And Not apparently, bad. the Midlands is gone. So that was there is no Midlands. Uh, apparently, okay. Women's basketball: the Hawks took care of Purdue, 83-68 last week. But then they went on the road on Sunday. Sunday was just a tough, tough day. 90 to 86, the Hawks. Uh, uh, with the loss in Champaign-Urbana. Um, they got down 14, kept chipping away, just kept chipping away, just couldn't get over the hump, uh, gave it a shot. They've got number 14 Michigan on the road now. It's going to uh, be a ball uh, Next up, and what is that, Thursday as well? I think I th- so. I think so. Um, and I can't read my, my additional writing. But it's going to be a tough one against Michigan. Michigan will run up and down the court. The one problem Iowa still has, unfortunately, is he gave up ninety points. He can't give up that you know, and and it's the it's uh, it's the penetrating guards that really get him. It really is. There's all kinds of different ways you can you can try to win a basketball game, but it's the penetrating guards that Iowa has a tough time picking up, and they get these short shots in the lane, and it's tough. There's a lot of people who tell you if you can get good deep penetration in any sort of game. You can, <laughs> You're going to cause problems for the other team. There you go. 11-4, and 3-1, number 16 in the country still. Uh, Monica Sinano, got to recognize this, uh, made the 2,000-point mark uh, against Purdue, uh, obviously. In her 14th year at Iowa. Caitlin, not bad. Caitlin Clark had made it the previous game, so that's two of them. And I think they're two of, like, 38 players all time to, ever to get 2,000 points in college basketball. So that's 37 of them have exhausted their sixth year I think they have. in the last two years. Uh, but uh, congratulations to her. That was a nice deal. Uh, and then, of Kidding course. Monica, um, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> great. is a great, great job. We'll see how they do coming up. All right. Fifth Street Five brought to you by Private Wealth Asset Management. We're going to go with our top five Indiana basketball games that we can remember. Because we, we, we have not been able to look this up. We're just going with. Uh, this is the beauty of live radio. This is live radio. We're just going to go with five basketball my, games. My number five is the game where the ceiling caved in and they never <laughs> played. In uh, Assembly Hall, they had a storm or something. Or it was, it was just, it was old. The ceiling tiles fell in and, you know. <laughs> And yeah, and suddenly we were we were doing a show, and the manure spreader got jacked up. And yeah. the Santa Ana, next thing you know, woo wee, they had trouble, and yeah. the, they couldn't play. Yeah, they and, didn't. And yeah. the problem with that game was I was on a roll. Yeah. Iowa had been yes. on a roll, absolutely, and, and uh, that stopped the momentum that they had garnered. And by the, when they went back and made that game up, they lost. Yeah. So that's my number five. That's uh, that's your number five. Uh, let's go with. Um, I'm going to go with. Uh, Tom Davis, uh, James Moses tip in at the buzzer in Assembly Hall in 1992, I believe. And I, if nothing else, it's pretty darn close to 1992. He it was only it 30 in. years ago. I'm going to go re- with that. It was a, a rebound tip in at the buzzer in Iowa. Back then, That was a, those were really good Indiana teams, as you know. And Iowa uh, rode that to uh, an NCAA tournament uh, because they got a win at Assembly Hall at that point in time. Bobby Knight's still around. I'm going to go with 
I think it was Luke Recker or Brody Boyd in the Big Ten tournament that hit a shot at the at the Luke gun. Record in the Luke Record in the semifinals yeah. in the Big Ten tournament. Well, I can't even. So that's four. Uh, those are our fours. I'm starting to realize we're, we're Actually, missing. Actually, that was three. Well, that was your three. That was your third. Oh, uh, Five, four, three. three. Okay. Uh, my third. No, okay. your two. Oh, I mean, that's a, well, we're going to miss out on Big Ten championship number one with Alford, where they won. Uh, they beat Mike, uh, Mike, what's his name, in, in Indiana in Chicago to win the Big Ten Mike, what's his name? Was it Anderson? Mike, uh, what was their <laughs> coach? Uh, right, so um, they won the Big Ten championship. We're going to miss it out on uh, um, the win last year in the semifinals where Jordan Bohannon hit the last second shot, banked it in to send us to, to the uh, – Finals. Those are two two big ones. Those are big ones. Okay. And then uh, my last big one. We're just was, spitballing here. Right, the, my last big one goes all the way back to um, there's there's two. Uh, Greg Stokes and Michael Payne went in there, and they had Iowa had not won in Assembly Hall ever, and they went in there and won a game. I think in 1982, um, just a few years after they even lost to Toledo in the NCAA tournament in that building. It was that, a jinx. But the big one was Bobby Knight brought Alford and his group in the year that they won the national championship, 1987. Uh, Iowa was, was ranked number two. Indiana was ranked number one in the country, and Iowa ran them out of the building that night by 16 points. Um, of course, lost. It was one of their lo- losses later in the year in Bloomington. Uh, but Iowa with a big victory that night, and, uh, and they ran it, ran it through on them. That's all I have to say about that. That's all I, I said. Was, I was actually going to add a game, but I, I – can't remember the year, uh, but I think Jordan played, and it was at home. And I feel like we were down like eight or nine and came back like on a 12-1 run at the end of the game to win. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago. Yep. Yes, and I, I'm pretty sure Jordan Bohannon, well, he had to have been part of that. Well, that's our Fifth Street Five uh, promoting all the great businesses down One of the better on ones Street. we've ever had. Yeah, well, <laughs> one of the low, at least researched but better uh, better ones we've ever had. You know what's funny is we've got three minutes left now, and do we have a last call to do? Well, well of course we have a last call. <laughs> we've got a last call to do. I think Iowa is going to beat Indiana tomorrow somehow. I don't know how. And I'm going to I'm going to say it's like 58 to 56 or something goofy like that. Magical defense. I magic legs. Magic legs. Lieutenant Dan. Dan. Yeah. Um, but Sunday at the rack is going to be a problem. Yeah. Iowa on the road right now, it's uh, it's pretty tough. Once things got going at Nebraska, which is not particularly loud, it's a big place, but it wasn't particularly loud. They were they were struggling. Penn State, there was nobody there, so it was a little bit easier to come back. The rack is tough. Uh, the rack is really tough, and, and Rutgers has got some dudes that are going to get up in their grill, and that, I was going to have a hard time dealing with that. I, I'm really, really curious to see the starting five. Um, Phillip, Chris Murray, Tony. Euless, got to be Connor. Got to be Connor. Got to be Connor. Sanford off the bench. Patrick Dix off the bench. Patrick Dix off the bench. You're going to have to play. Isn't he on Channel 13 News? M- yeah. Josh Dix. Thank Dix. you. Gosh. Um, you're going to need to play Bowen. He's going to have to. He's got to be in there. But I think they're going to have to use Josh Gundelay in, in a couple of different. They're just going to have to use him more. And uh, if not, it'll be. I mean, uh, good Lord. Young heaven for, heaven yeah. forbid we get into foul trouble. But the one thing Iowa did Sunday that I wish they would do more often, and I, I wonder if they can do it without Patrick, is they, they backcourt pressure 
a press of some sort that caused Penn State to speed up and get out of their rhythm because Iowa clearly has proven again and again that getting into a half-court game. So maybe my idea of a 58-56 is not the right yeah, you idea. You might be better off getting the, if, if the score's in the 70s or 80s, you might be in better shape. 66-50 yeah. loss, 66-50 loss at Nebraska, but a 93-78 loss or whatever it was. 83-79. 80, 83-79. So uh, if the total's in the 160s, it might be better off than if the total's right around one. Well, the problem the problem with the Nebraska game is that total in the gambling line was at one fifty, and people were hitting that over hard, and that, that thing never had a chance. Yeah, the under the under might play well for Iowa. Well, depending on where they go with it, they may start shaving that down quite a bit. Well, you still got the analytics of an over under are all based on based on pace, and Iowa still plays fast. I mean. The average shot clock when they shoot the ball is still like 13 to 14. And that's not that's only 16 seconds of possession. Yeah, that's it, it's true. So, it'll, so. It'll, be, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Well, we'll come back. We'll check it out next week. We're going to have that. We'll have wrestling. We'll have uh, we'll have women's basketball. And honestly, um, we'll probably have a little more football news by then in terms of a couple of guys. Hopefully, hopefully coming signing, and visiting and visiting, signing right. and visiting. And we do want to remind everybody that uh, if you if you uh, lost track, Tom Cakert and, and Hawkeye Report are on the On3, like, you know, everybody, let's go On3, On3 Network now. Uh, but you still have HawkeyeReport.com to get out there and check out all their great recruiting news and such. And they do have some cool new features out there as well. Um, I believe they're linked off of our website as well. I, I think, think they were. You know, so we might we, have to redirect it if it was yeah. rivals. Anyway. Oh, that's true. I didn't really think about that. So we get Hollywood on uh, that. Do- dollar special until until uh, August for that. That's right. So that's not such a bad deal. Not such a bad deal at all. Um, other than that, we're good. Are we good? We rushed through it and got it done. Appreciate that you extending our time there today. <laughs> all right. We'll do that again next week, and we'll know that we got more time. Do we? Are we? Is it, we got to the music yet? Let's call it good. All right. For BFR, I'm DC Junior. Catch us next week, Hawkeye Idol, 1700, The Champ.